0: This is a Brain Tools Tools episode, a 20-minute cutback version of our full podcast where you walk away with six practical brain tools you can use to hack your brain and level up today. If you want more of the neuroscience and research behind the tools, you can find the full version of this episode on Spotify, iTunes, and at the link below. But for now, it's time to get your six brain tools.
1: And we are here. We are in the brain tools section. We're going to go through six practical brain tools in order for you to take your memory from zero to hero. It's going to be very, very exciting. But I want to provide, Sam, a little bit of context as we normally do to all these brain tools. And the context actually links very nicely mm-hmm. to all the stuff we've spoken about previously, the, the topic information, so to speak, but also the problems of memory. All these brain tools we're about to go through are all about durability and flexibility. Durability being how long you remember something for, flexibility, all about the number of contexts and situations that you can obviously remember this. And there's a very clear link in all the memory research that is the more flexible a memory is, the more durable it is, the more durable it is, the more flexible it is. Simply because if it's durable, you're more likely to remember it when a trigger comes. Flexible, if you can use it Mm. in more than one context, you're more likely to use it. And so It's really important that as we go through these, um, we're going to be applying this to largely semantic memory. That is the general knowledge that is new information that we want to learn. And so my first brain tool is all around this. I would say this is the most scientifically proven and researched phenomena in all of memory research. Can I give this to you?
0: Yes. Hit me. Hit me with it. I'm so ready. Brain tool
1: number one It is the spacing Effect The spacing effect, which I know you know a about, my friend, but I'm still going to tell you <laughs> too much. <laughs> so the spacing effect, very, very interesting phenomena. Seriously, as I said, the number one thing that was proven. And it was proven in 1885 by some German dude. The Germans loved their cognitive psychology back in the day. Er, er, Hermann Ebbinghaus. I can't, I'm not going to put on the German accent, cultural appropriation. That's not. But <laughs> he wrote a book called On Memory, and he's known as the godfather of cognitive psychology and memory work. And what mm. he did, he's did an experiment. And the experiment was super interesting, Sam. Basically what he did, two groups of people, he got nonsense words, literally gibberish, got lots of them and got two groups to actually memorize them. But what he did is he got them to memorize them in two very different ways. The first way was chunked learning. He basically got people to get sit down for two hours in one sitting and try and memorize all this stuff. And he got the other people in the space learning category to actually do two hours, but they broke it into four 30-minute blocks. 30 minutes on, 30 minutes on, and again, and again. And again. And what he basically found is those that did the space learning remembered information by 15 to 20% more. And it was an absolute no context. Whoa. These athletes were always going to win. And that's where he came up with the forgetting curve. And the most important fact, I'm reading for this. This is my mic drop moment compared to your sketch on sketch. Okay. <laughs> the most important part of memory is to forget.
0: Mm. Yep.
1: Boom. Boom! Boom! Shake the room. But it's true. Like, humans are good at learning. We are so much, we're so much better at relearning. The moment we have one exposure mm. to something, the subsequent exposures means that we forget less and we retain more. And that's the it, whole idea of the forgetting curve. And so I bring this up to know that whenever someone's actually practically got to actually prepare for something or learn something, you are much better taking time and separating it into components. 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes across time because you allow your brain the space to forget it and then relearn that information, which becomes very, very clear. And I know you've got an awesome way to apply this, which is my classic handball to you.
0: Oh, look at that handball, smooth. I love it. It's, it's like uh, a little bit often rather than a lot at once because that's what the brain wants, right?
1: Don't cram. We haven't crammed Don't before. Don't cram. We haven't.
0: We're so I've good. never crammed once. I've never crammed for a single exam and passed many of them. <laughs> no, but- <laughs> Good correlation. <laughs> I, I really wish I had known this when I was younger. I totally you do cram, but then also it's the reason why you cram for an exam or for whatever test it is and you forget a week or two later because it's just never really properly encoded. It's never stored, so you can't retrieve it. But I love that brain tool and I, I love even more how you make it practical. And this is how. And you don't even have to do anything crazy. Do you read a lot online? Do you consume a whole bunch of content, but then sometimes it gets lost? Here's a really, really simple way to remember it. Use a space repetition system. So that spacing effect Kieran just talked about, a whole bunch of programmers and coders went, wow, that's really amazing. Maybe I should build an algorithm for that. And then they did. And there are two tools I'm thinking about, SuperMemo and Anki are the most popular ones. And what what they do is you create a space uh, flashcard in them, and the space repetition system basically spaces out that flashcard. So every time you see it while you're using your phone, you're flipping through on the toilet, you open up your flashcard, if you get it right, it's going to push that, that flashcard so it appears further down the track and further down the track, and it uses this spacing effect. And it's really, really powerful because this is also a form of recall or retrieval practice, which is another very well-established um, memory technique of constantly recalling it and retrieving and therefore firing those neurons that are wiring together and instilling this long-term memory. And so here's how you use it, right? And this is this is how I use it. This is how I'd suggest anyone to use it is download the app Anki or SuperMemo. Have, choose your pick, same, same. They have this built in. And then when you want to really remember something, for me, it's sometimes quotes out of a book, or I'll see something, an idea that I just know I need to stick in my head, create a flashcard for it. And then when you're on the toilet or when you've got downtime, open up your phone and go through your flashcards. And I do this every day. And I find that because I'm, it's already using this spacing effect, it's so easy to remember the content that I'm consuming. And I'm recalling so much more from books rather than just reading and forgetting them, which links really nicely into your brain tool around how you can also get more from your reading.
1: I love it. And I totally with you on that one, right? Which is like, it's a frequency component. Frequencies are a really important Mm. part of memory, but also that whole idea is a bonus one of interleaving, which is what you're doing as well, which is you're taking different uh, things within the same topic area um, and actually learning it because that's where your brain remembers stuff a lot more, which links so nicely to my
0: brain tool. I just wanted to give that little bonus one. No. no, we have we have to do an episode on uh, cognitive neuroscience of learning and memory yeah, at some point. It's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, we we got this whole series. I love it. Which is linking nicely to my brain tool number three, and my brain tool number three is syntopical reading. What a
0: weird word. What a word. Oh, no, word.
1: Yeah. Oh, we love jargon here at Brain Tools. Um, it's, it's from the book. How to, like, don't you love this the title of this book? It's from the book, How to Read a Book by Mortimer Adler. What, <laughs> so, what a meta. What an OG title. It's like, hey, yeah. I'm gonna write a book on how to actually read one. Um, but it is a very, it. very good book. Highly recommend it to everyone and anyone. And basically in it, um, he talks about four types of reading that occur. So very, very quickly, there's elementary reading. We know this is what a five to six-year-old can do. If you're reading a website, you already know what you're doing. There's inspectional reading. That's general reading. That's what we call skimming or scanning. You're getting a general idea of the entire topic area. You go a bit deeper, analytical reading is understanding the book itself. There's a lot of active learning there. There's a lot of annotating. There's a lot of questioning. However, syntopical reading is actually not necessarily about a book. It's actually about an entire Hmm. topic area. It is comparative Hmm. reading. It is taking multiple books within one topic area and actively comparing them to understand the entire frame of reference. And that's a really, really useful tool because you're immersing yourself in one topic area, but across a broad number of books. So can
0: can you give me an example? Have you done this before?
1: Maybe. (laughs) Yes, I have. So I think um, when I started uh, the... Uh, education business that I currently do, Elevate, um, in Asia, I did not know anything about business. I, w- I had a neuroscience degree. I was like, yeah, shuck up. let's give this a crap. <laughs> let's let's see what's going on. So as I normally do when I want to learn, I just read a lot. And so in that 2016, I reckon I read over 100 books. Um, wow. And not saying that to be like, hey, look at my ego. This is awesome. But just out of sheer necessity. And how I did it, I would love to share with you, which is leverage syntopical reading altogether. Very simple process. Basically, take any subject area. So for, specifically for me, it was all about sales. It was marketing. It was leadership. Take a top subject area and then literally look at Amazon mm. top sellers or look at people you admire and what they recommend. Take 10 books or five to 10 books in that category and then list the questions that you want to answer. List the questions you want to answer and then read each book. But when you read each book, finish book number one, you do a quick summary of it. But then when you read number, book number two, you are comparing all the information in book number one to book number two. You read book number three, you're comparing book number three to one and two. And what you realize so, so quickly is that 70 to 80% of these books in that area are literally the same. They're no different. there yeah, are wow. four underlying principles and you start to realize that after book three and four. And this immersion means that you're more likely to remember the information. And this is particularly the case I want to say. This is learning for knowledge. This is not learning necessarily for fun, but it works. I promise you, it absolutely mm. unequivocally works. And you have a book that you like, maybe something fiction or something else that you read on the site if you do get sick of the topic area. But, Samuel, syntopical reading, deep dive, and you will pay and reap the rewards.
0: I love that. And I have just realised that intuitively it's something I've done, but never never able it. Like I'll choose a topic area and I'll go buy three to five books on it and I'll read them and I, I have a process where I'm making comparative notes in my head and I'll try to link them together.
1: It is awesome. Like, I, I love it. I, as you said, but you just need to read a book called How to Read a Book and then you're sweet.
0: <laughs> how to Read a Book, a lesson in reading how learning. It, it's a bit of a chicken and egg problem. It's a bit of a chicken and egg problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Great, great book. Uh, and that wraps up. I have three brain tools for this section. Really looking forward to the next ones, which are a little bit weird in the next section on brain tools. Let's do it. Bed ball Okay, that's actually brain tool number four. <laughs> oh, you're such a weirdo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a weirdo. So, in- interestingly enough, though, that moment there that you just experienced—that's called uh, snapback, attention snapback—and it happens when something unexpectedly happens, like, say, I don't know, a massive pause from nowhere.
1: Wait, are you are you using your brain tool on everyone right now? Is that are you like Inception? <laughs>
0: I'm not, I'm not actually intercepting your brain, although I am definitely trying to crack into your vault and your heart too, your vault and your heart. But my brain tool number four is bed ball. And what I mean by this is whatever you have that you, you take on your person when you go out, your car keys, your wallet, your phone, uh, maybe it's a key ring, create a bed ball. And this doesn't actually have to be by your bed. It can be anywhere in your house. But basically it's a bowl where you always put your stuff. And here's the reason why we have these location cells in our hippocampus. They're called space cells, and they're really great at tracking where stationary objects are, where things that are stationary. That's how they allowed us to to navigate our surroundings on the savannah, on the Serengeti, by knowing landmarks. <laughs> I always go back to to our evolutionary neuroscience. Shout out evolutionary psychology.
1: Just, just, just drop <clears throat> it. Just go savanna. Drop it in there. What?
0: Right? <laughs> So the the problem is, though, these space cells, these location cells in our hippocampus, like we talked about before, there's a breakdown when your things move around. For example, when you put them in different spots because they're not optimized for things that move around. And so they're not optimized for putting them on this map in your brain, this GPS map, because the GPS dots are moving all the time, which is part of the reason you lose your keys is because you're always putting them in different spots, as well as the attention breakdown we talked about before and how you're not paying attention, you're not encoding, so you're not storing, and so you can't retrieve that memory later on. But having a, a, a key bowl, which is, you know, super common wisdom or a bed bowl like I have, is a great way to outsource your memory and your attention. If you use that same spot every time you come in the door for your objects, you physically don't have to think about it. And you have that one spot in your brain where the location cells in your hippocampus are able to track, hey, this is where my keys should be. The key here is you need to use this spot every single time. So, for example, I come into my house. The first thing I do is I put my stuff in my bed bowl. And since implementing this, I haven't lost a single set of keys. So this works because I am terrible with my keys.
1: I love this one because it leverages associative learning, right? It's like our brain is amazing at making associations. And... An association is essentially a habit.
0: Well, what? Oh, that's a habit episode. But it's it's all about. I know, like that bed ball was a really weird way of opening it up. Um, but there's a reason we did that. There's a there's a reason we started with something weird.
1: Oh, did we ever? My, that links nicely with my brain to number five, the oddball effect. So, as you've just said, Sammy spot on that that pause and that snapback was because we'd been speaking for what 30 40 minutes already and that was becoming monotonous because we're obviously super boring so what basically happened there in that pause is then people leaned in because it was different i'm sorry not you just me not you it's okay promise not not critiquing (laughs) but take my example here with the oddball effect is anything that is odd and weird and stands out from the noise is more likely to be remembered. And this is something in behavioral economics, this is something that people use in advertising and marketing, marketing a lot of the time. Mm. If I were to give you a mundane list of words, like car, tree, plant and ball, they're mundane. But if I was to give you them and then chuck in something like Borat or Unicorn or Samuel L. Jackson or Snakes on a Plane or something like that in there, you're more likely to remember mm. that because it stands out from the noise. And this is a core principle from the book Moonwalking with Einstein by Joshua Fur. Highly recommend a read. He was a person that went from That's a great book. Go in a year to the American world champion in terms of memory formation. Which is memory athlete. Great. Memory athlete. Massive. Um, and so the, the, the practical takeaway here, particularly with names or whatever it might be, whenever you want to remember something, a person's name or anything, make it odd and weird, make it stand out from the crowd. And that's why the ancient Greeks and Romans they always used to memorize memorize long transcripts by incorporating violence and sex, violence and sex. I'm not even kidding. Mm. Very, very keen note where they had to do all these things from memory um, when they were obviously talking and so on. So, an example: if if you want to remember Sam's name because he's obviously got a smooth FM voice, you would could create an image with a fluorosign with Sam's face on it and then a smooth, sexy FM voice. It's weird, but you're more likely to remember it, especially when you use multiple modes um, or multiple senses in that interaction. And this is what I use all the time if I want to remember a name as well. Repeating that image, repeating that connection, repeating that weirdness can sometimes lead to durable and flexible memories.
0: Oh, durable and flexible. That's what we go for here at Tools. Those are t- two of the key drivers. <laughs> oh, it got weird. But yes, I agree. Memorable. <laughs> <laughs> but, weird but memorable. Uh, weird memorable.
1: Good, good application. And I know your last brain tool uh, leverages the eyeball effect to
0: actually apply it.
1: So you can end us, end us off, Sam.
0: It really does. And this one hits so close to my home. And when I say that, I mean, we actually do this in my house. So, yeah, it's very close to home. Um, my last brain tool is Theme Nights. And what it is, is to make this quarantine, this lockdown period and life in general more memorable, we need more of those temporal landmarks we talked about earlier, those events with a really intense emotional resonance that are different, that are unique, that have this oddball effect that create like these landmarks, these reference points for our memory to, to um, navigate itself in the past. And so, when we're at lock, when locked lockdown, like I am down here in Melbourne, and you can't really leave the house, you need to find a way to come up with new novel experiences that create these temporal landmarks. And a really easy one to do this, and this is lots of people that I know have been doing this, we've been doing this, is to have a theme night. So, what we do, right, on the weekend, we will physically spin a globe. My dad or my mom will point a finger to where it falls on that globe, and then based on wherever that falls... We'll have a whole theme night. So the other week, we did Tanzanian. I cooked Tanzanian food. We talked about Tanzanian culture. We like played Tanzanian music. And I can still remember that. And as a result, that night, that weekend, that Saturday, sticks out in my mind but also creates a reference point because I can remember two weeks later we had Greek. We had a Greek night where I made a moussaka. So this one's really simple.
1: So are you basically nah, – no, hold on. I'm just going to poison it. Are you just doing this to tell basically everyone and myself that you're applying for Master Chef and that you're awesome? Is this – Basically, along the short of it, yeah.
0: It's I'm 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 actually serving up the hottest and freshest brain tools on the market. I
1: love how you haven't even told anyone. You probably gave everyone food poisoning. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I
0: didn't, but some people felt a little bit weird afterwards.
1: (laughs) I love it though. Uh, Theme nights, breaking theme nights, the tyranny of monotony.
0: Breaking the tyranny of monotony. It's it's going to be on Kieran's tombstone, and it's also going to be <laughs> tattooed on him at some stage in the next few weeks. Yeah, but that's that's my brain. That's my brain tool, right? And so, speaking of that book you mentioned before, right? Um, walking with Einstein, uh, Josh Foer interviews one of the memory champions, and his whole philosophy for making life more memorable, for slowing it down, was creating more of these weird, bizarre, emotional moments there's more of these temporal landmarks. So it's doing exactly like this thing is theme nights. And he talks about having really weird birthday parties and going and doing new things. Um, so it's, you know, it's cross applicable. Even if you're not in lockdown, you can still do this to, to make time slow down, create more new novel experiences.
1: I love it. New novel experiences, new neural connections.
0: I love it. Oh, that was so nice. I really enjoy that. Um, Thanks, so let's, let's wrap, wrap up our brain tools for this week. Coming in at number one.
1: This is man. Uh, The spacing effect. If you're going to learn something, space it out across time as opposed to doing it all in one sitting because in order to remember, you must forget.
0: Ooh, I love it. And if you want to figure out how to space without figuring out how to space, use a space repetition system. You create flashcards based on what you're reading and learning. You put them in the system. It reminds you. Uh, Anki and Supermemo are really good examples of that. And they help you with reading.
1: They do indeed, which is brain tool number three, syntopical reading. If you want to read and learn for memory and really deep understanding of something, make sure it's comparative. Take 10 books on one topic, deep dive and compare them as you go, and you'll find you'll remember it a whole lot more as opposed to forgetting it literally when you get to the bottom of the
0: page. Over to you. I love I love that. And speaking of forgetting as you get to the bottom of the page, you're out the door. Number four, bed ball. Create a single space where you put all your stuff when you come in the house or when you go somewhere because this single spatial location will be much better remembered by your brain and it's like outsourcing your attention, which is a little bit weird. I love
1: that. I thought you were going to pause for another 10 seconds and maybe go through (laughs) that. So I'm really glad you didn't. But that is- uh,
0: I thought about it.
1: Brain tool number five, leverage the oddball effect. If you want to remember stuff- uh, the peak of novelty is really important. Things that are weird, things that are out there, you're more likely to remember. So next time you meet someone, you want to remember their name, make a weird, awesome, weird image in your head and you'll be more likely to
0: remember it, which is the last one which leads to you, number six. Absolutely. And if you want to remember more of this year of your life, you want to slow down time or make lockdown go quicker, Come up with theme nights or unique events which are novel, which are weird, which are unique uh, and have high emotional resonance. So the one I gave was theme nights, choose a country, make the cuisine, have a bit of fun with it because the novelty creates this temporal landmark that helps you form memories and make time seem like it slows down. Whoa, it's a lot to remember.
1: But... That's why we like it 80-20. Uh, my Ooh, 80/20 yes. week, Sam, is novelty is the key to making things stand out to your brain. Once it stands out, you're more likely to remember it.
0: What's yours? Mine is memory is really just about attention and events. And to remember better, get better at these two things.
1: I love it. This is wow. Wow. Look at us go. We've been crisp.
0: Good stuff. Very crisp. Very sharp.
1: I, love I it. like it. And just quite quickly, uh, be before we let everyone uh, everyone go, just a quick shout out. Uh, if you found this episode useful, feel free to subscribe uh, uh, to the to channel on Spotify or on iTunes as well. Or alternatively, just share it with a few friends that you feel could really benefit from uh, these episodes. And it obviously does a massive help for us as well to reach more people.
0: Sam, anything you want Absolutely. to say? Absolutely. Yeah, look, if you are liking it, uh, if you're enjoying the content and you think more people should hear it, take a quick cheeky screen grab on your phone, chuck it on your Insta story. It takes two seconds. Uh, we would be really appreciative. And it helps other people talk about it too so that you can talk about it with them and you can both share your brain tools with each other.
1: I absolutely love it. And that brings us to the end of episode 10, tenth, It's a milestone, which is huge, really exciting. Feels good. As we get to the next ones, we're going to be starting to do volumes and themes, picking a topic and deep diving into it across three to five episodes. If there's any of those that you'd like to see, whether it's business or education or anything, come let us know. Send us through an email to the Brain Tools Podcast and we'll be more than happy to do it. But very, very exciting times.
0: Exciting times ahead exciting times to share some more Brain Tools. Um, That's about all I've got for this week. Bye for now. Bye for now. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this tools cut of our Brain Tools Podcast, where you got just the six practical brain tools you can use to hack your brain and level up today. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe on any podcast channel you're on, iTunes, Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And if you really, really want to help us out, please leave us a review. It helps us so much to reach more people just like you. And finally, if you want to go a little bit deeper and dig into the research, see some free classes and guides, come and join our free community at braintools.mn.co. Can't wait to see you next week.